You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. So let's jump into the message. Let's pray. We're going to jump in. God, we are in awe of you that we can come into a room and collectively sing and somehow maybe give a, a fraction of what you deserve. And that somehow you've put this thing together called worship that we can give to you. We are built from the toes to the tips of our fingers to worship you. And God, we pray that this continues as we jump into your word. Pray this in your son's name. Everybody said. Amen. Today we're excited because we're um, expanding our community groups to meet more needs. Um, It's a fun morning for us. But real quick, before I jump into that, anybody like camping? Where am I camping? Where are my tent campers? Where are my backpackers? Y'all are crazy. Okay. So (laughs) tent camping is where I draw the line. That's about it. So we just went with my family for a little bit and we had a blast, right? Campfires and sitting out under the stars. It was beautiful. And it was one late afternoon. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm in that almost asleep after a long day, you know, playing in the lake and blah, blah, blah. And I'm staring at the fire. I just got going because we're about to have dinner. And I've got that. I'm almost asleep and I'm mesmerized by the flames. You guys with me on this? If you haven't been camping, just imagine you're falling asleep in front of the game. The game's on, but you're not really watching it. So I'm sitting there and I'm in this happy place and my kids, um, come running up to me, dad, 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 I got four kids, dad, you got to come see this. And I'm thinking, this better be good because I'm in a happy place. <laughs> and they, they come to me and say, dad, you got to come, you got to come. And, and I get up and I, I walk over, I don't know, a little bit of ways. And this is what they show me. Take a look at this picture. Okay, now look, remember where I was sitting in my chair. So <laughs> when I first see this, my first thought is, Omelet, right? I'm thinking, I'm hungry. I'm camping. It's dinner time. I'm thinking omelet. Second thing I'm thinking is, this nest is in the ground. It's in the ground. Like, you can't, can you tell that it's kind of a hole in there and that the eggs are in the ground? I'm thinking, what bird lays its eggs in the ground, right? Then my next thought is, why would you as a bird lay your eggs in the ground in the middle of a busy campground? Because this is what happens next. My youngest daughter says to me, Dad, we got a problem. This little bird nest is right between these three campsites. And these three campsites, look, they're unloading all their stuff. They just got here. And they're a big group. So when they're all together, they're going to be walking right over. We have to tell them. And I'm looking at this gear that these guys are pulling out, right? They got the cool boat. Like one of them's got the wake boat. And the other one's got the cool fishing boat. And I'm, I'm the, the rookie camper over here with nothing. And I got to go tell these macho dudes, hey, watch out for the bird's nest. So I, I do what any good father would do. I take my daughter and say, well, let's go. And, and yes, I'll go. And we'll, well, I'll tell them. And as soon as I get up to these two guys, and, and I look right at them and say, hey, guys, my daughter has something to tell you. <laughs> right? I pawn it off. I put it on her. I'm not telling them to watch out for the eggs. I can't do it. It's not in me. So she goes, and I thought she might be like a little hesitant or a little shy. Oh, no. She walks them over, moves the little branches, and says, look, you wouldn't have seen this. Watch out for these eggs. And I look at one of the guys. He looks at me, kind of catches my eye. He's like, really, bro? <laughs> bro, I, in my head, he, he said, bro. And, and I'm looking at him. And then what shocked me was the other guy. The other guy says, oh, last year, 
they had these little things that you would put up, these little like warning markers. And they were all over last year. And, and he said, yeah, you get them from the camp host. And what do I know as a dad who has this daughter whom I love, who's going to protect these eggs, where am I going? I'm going all the way down the hill to the very front of the camp to get a marker for the eggs. And when, once again, another person I get to talk to about the eggs, I go down, we actually ride our bikes, and we had this fun little moment, talk to the guy, the guy looks at me, he's all, ah, don't worry about that, the moms sometimes don't even come back, right? <laughs> that was his attitude, he's like, ah, whatever, just leave it, it's fine. So we did not get a marker. But for my kids, it wasn't enough to just see the eggs. They had to do something about it. You with me on that? But why? Why did they have to do something? Because when I looked at the eggs, I thought, I'm hungry. When they looked at the eggs, what did they see? They saw helpless little booties, right? They saw helpless birds that were there. So my question for you this morning is, when God looks at you, what do you think he feels? What do you think he sees? If you have your Bibles, jump, uh, open them up to Matthew 9. We also have it on the program inside. And you want to grab your pen out of the chair back in front of you, because you can use that. We're going to be underlining. Matthew 9, verse 35. You've, if you've been in church, you've heard this passage lots of times. But I think we got a fun perspective for you today. Matthew 9, 35. says this. Jesus went through all, underline all, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every, underline every, every disease and sickness. When I quickly read through that, I think of all the towns and the villages, and, and you might get an idea of, I don't know, walking through Wilton, I don't know what you would think. In my head, it's kind of like that. But it's not at all. This is about 3 million people. You're talking 20 times the size of Elk Grove in terms of population. And this is a, a, a snapshot of kind of what Jesus' ministry has been about. It's kind of a summary and it's working on a transition to what's coming next. And it's basically just saying, look, you want to know what Jesus does? This is what he does. This is his gig. This is what he's been doing. He goes around to about 3 million people as he's walking around. He's teaching. So he's going into their synagogue. So he's going into where they worship. It'd be like coming in here and where you're talking about the Bible, you're talking about the word. And he's having to correct them because they're learning the wrong stuff. And so he's having to jump in and actually teach. And he's having to come in and say, look, when God looks at you, he doesn't see things like, I'm angry with you. I'm condemning you. I'm expecting much more from you. I want you to look religious. So he has to come in. This is like a regular day for Jesus. He's walking around. If it's that uh, day of the week, he's going to go into the synagogue and teach. The next thing he's going to do is share his story. Now it says proclaim the good news of the kingdom. I get to say he gets to share his story because Jesus is the beginning of the good news. He is the good news. And he is the start of this kingdom that has now come. So he gets to walk around, and I love how Jesus does this. Just imagine him walking around, and people are asking him direct questions, and what does he do? He never answers them. He tells them a story, right? Oh, you, you want to know about this? Well, let me tell you about this guy I know. He, doesn't, he wants there to be a discussion and an interaction. And as he's sharing his story and sharing the good news, people are talking about it. But he doesn't stop there. He also heals every disease and sickness. Think about that for just a minute. 20 times the size of Elk Grove, every disease and sickness. 
I, uh, when I always thought about Jesus doing miracles, I think I always thought it was an authority thing. Uh, very recently, in fact, just a few weeks ago, Pastor Dave taught on this one miracle, and he changed my perspective. I love great teachers, right? Because Pastor Dave can come in and just change how I, how I think. And I used to think that miracles were about Jesus coming, and if he heals you, then he now has authority to then talk to you. And you're going to listen. You're going to say, wow, this guy heals people. Let's all listen to him. But I think it's so much more about just healing the sickness and the disease and loving the person and, and him wanting to meet them. That's why it's one-on-one. -on -one. When Pastor Dave was teaching that about the woman with the cloak, do you remember that just a few weeks ago? It just, rattled, just rattled my brain. I'm going, wait a minute. That is amazing. So I started looking through them. I'm going, this is crazy. Jesus wants one-on-one -on -one interaction with us. Because as a youth guy, what would I do? I'd say, hey, everybody, if you're sick, come tomorrow. We're going to put flyers all over Elk Grove. And tomorrow down by the lake over here, we're going to have a healing, right? And I get everybody together, and then I'd have Jesus come, hey, Jesus, do your, and he just does a, and then everybody's healed, woo! Then, then we can sing and praise. In my head, that's how I think it would go. The flyer would say something like, healed by the bay, you know, and I'd spell bay, B-A-E, you know, something dumb to make everybody laugh. And if you don't get that, that's because that was for my high school students who might try to be cool. And I know, I fail. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Okay, but that's how I would do it. But no, Jesus wants one-on-one -on -one interaction with us. And here's the proof. Look at this next verse. It is going to literally say what is happening inside Jesus' hearts when he looks at this situation, when he looks at the people. Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd or like three little eggs. Right? Our, our three little eggs, our analogy is the three little eggs that I'm sure dogs are sniffing them, right? People could step on them. Guys like me want a bacon avocado omelet, right? You know you want one now after I just said that. Okay, but there's nothing those eggs can do about it. And when Jesus looked at the crowds, he knew they were harassed and helpless. I believe if Jesus walked in here, he would see us. Look at the third word, when he saw. Underline that. I mean, this is, this is crazy because when he saw them, it's like he could see what was really happening inside them. If he came in here and he, he could look at you, look at me, he might see that we're harassed and helpless. Right? Some of you might be in here and you're harassed um, in your body. You have the harassment of the body. You have chronic pain, just nagging, constant. Like move up Sacramento, you have sinus issues, right? I had no idea. I had no idea. All of a sudden, I need sinus medicine, okay? Some of you struggle with diabetes, cancer, and you're constantly harassed, and you feel helpless. What about just aging, just getting old. Not me, I'm not getting old. No, of course. We're all getting old and you're helpless. You can't do anything about it. And let me tell you, Jesus sees you. He sees you and has compassion. You might have harassment of the mind. This is one of my favorite ones and one of the most challenging ones. How about that little voice that's constantly telling you, I'm not good enough, pretty enough, worth loving. Or, I'm so great, I don't need God at all. Lies harassment of the mind. We're constantly being harassed. There are many ways to heaven. 
not only Jesus. These little lies, the harassment of our mind constantly going and subtly trying to change our thoughts. I mean, I'm not the one who said Jesus is the only way. Jesus says he's the only way, right? He's the one that said it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. So if you don't like that, well, don't get mad at me. You don't like Jesus. And this harassment constantly is trying to slowly change our thinking. We're constantly being lied to. I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. And we're harassed. I'm depressed, I'm depressed, and I'm depressed. And you feel helpless. But let me tell you, Jesus sees you. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. How about harassment of the family? I don't think there's ever been a time, at least in my lifetime, where the family just feels like it's under attack, right? Marriages, right? It just seems like it's chaos. We just have an enemy who just does not want us to have happy families. And we're harassed and we feel helpless. We have kids who are disrespecting parents, hooked on drugs, and you feel like there's nothing you can do Parents pushing for perfection, or they're indifferent, or they're completely absent. And you're a kid, you're sitting here thinking, I'm helpless. Jesus sees you. How about just harassment of the basics? It could be just you lose your job, lost a family member, addiction, finances, just out of control. You feel helpless. Let me tell you, Jesus sees you and he has compassion. And he loves us too much to leave us there. Take a look at the next verse. Matthew 9, 37 says this. Then he said to his disciples. So this is, imagine this is about 500 people. I don't know, people can, doesn't matter to me. Just a bigger crowd, disciples. It's part, you know, people are following him around during this time. So I, I like to think of about 500 he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, underline workers, workers are few. Ask, underline ask, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He's doing that thing when he's preaching and he's kind of bringing up a thing and everyone, as soon as he says that, all of them are going, what did he mean by that? I don't know. What do you think he meant by that? And he's having this whole conversation and dialogue. He wants to inspire that. And here they are doing that. But then look at 10.1. Sometimes you got to read the next verse because those chapter breaks weren't in there. So you got to read the next verse because this is pivotal. Jesus called his 12 disciples. So there's the 500 that he just gave the workers are few. Then he grabs his 12. And I just imagine them in my mind, Jesus putting his arms around them and they all in like a huddle, right? Listen to what he says. He, he pulls them in and he says... I give you authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. What? Jesus walked around, went to the synagogues and would teach. Then he would go, and as he's going, he's telling people stories and trying to get people to talk and have dialogue. He's healing people. And now, as he looks at the crowds, we see what's happening in his heart. He had compassion on them. So then he calls the disciples together and, and they huddle up and he empowers them to go. To do what he's been doing. 
to meet the needs. There's so many needs. There's not three million people in the world. There's so many more. And he is starting this thing called the church. He moves into this new season with his disciples where he's literally training them to be him. And this morning, you're being called into the huddle. Because I need help. We need help. As a staff, we prayed this morning. We're like, God, please send out workers. Why? Because the need is great. Because when, when you look at the crowd, think of how many people are in here. And there's a lot of hurt, right? And, and the problem is that Sundays are great. Sunday mornings are great. But someone can come in and hide. Correct? Someone can come in and pretend. Someone can come in and look religious. But the truth is their life's falling apart and no one knows. You might be the person that's got your act together. Like, hey, I'm doing great. I'm solid. My life's good. You might not need community. But do you see the people next to you? Like, they need you. Do you have compassion for them? Are you willing to help? We have to do community better at Sun Grove, and, and community groups are the plan. And they're going, and I just want to make sure we're all talking the same language and um, all understand what a community group is, okay? So take a look. If you have your program there, you can look. Here's the first question. Um, oh, did I just miss it? Hey, man, can you bring me up the question one? It's the last page. Um, what is a community group? It's about 10 to 20 people who are committed to living life together, Okay? That's it. They just regularly do life together. When do they meet? All different times. Right now we have groups to meet all different times. Where do they meet? Homes. I mean, there are exceptions, but in general, homes. That's kind of the idea here. And in fact, that's how the early church did it. They met in homes. In fact, it really helps if things start to get a little crazy in our world and religious freedoms start getting taken away. When you have home groups, they can't stop that. It's powerful. What types of community groups do we have? All kinds. Men's, women's, youth, singles, recovery, couples groups, and many more depending on what happens today, Lord willing. Who's welcome? And this is huge. We can take a little bit of time on this. Who is welcome at a community group? Well, all groups are open. Now, there might be a season where a group needs to close off for 10 weeks or five weeks to cover some tough things because it's kind of hard sometimes. Like imagine a married couples group and you're in the married couples group and you're going to go through the how to fight fairly, right? If somebody brand new came and you're like, well, we've been kind of dealing with this, it might be a little awkward, but in five weeks, they're going to be open so somebody else can come in and join. Why? Because everyone needs Jesus. You can't exclude people. So all groups are open. And now, here's the fun part, how to get involved. Okay, <laughs> I love this. This is great. Let me tell you why. We're going to get back up to that verse, um, how to get involved. Remember when it said, hey, harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What was the next word? Somebody say it. Say it loud. Ask. Ask. Okay, so there's this problem here that there's this harvest. There's tons of hurting people that are harassed and helpless. 
They're harassed and helpless. And what's the first thing you do? You ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. So not unfortunately for you, but basically some of you have been worked by God over the last few months because we've been praying that God would send workers into the harvest field knowing this talk was coming. So we've been praying, just begging God, hey, send people. And let me tell you what's fun is that some of you already started groups. We got a call on Friday. They called Mindy and she said, oh yeah, we started a group. I hope that's okay. And I'm laughing, knowing what I'm going to say to you, that, that God doesn't need a message. He doesn't need you to feel convicted or down. No, that God's going to move in you and he's going to say, do this. It's so fun, and it's been exciting because they, they called and they said, well, okay, this is okay. What, what can we do? What can we not do? We said, do anything. Just tell us the time, when you're meeting, who it's for. Are you targeting singles, young adults? This was a young adults one. And we just said, well, what are you teaching? For, for me, that's probably a, a pretty important thing. I just want to know what content's being out there. And they went through and told us. It's beautiful. Had another, I think, three people um, call over the last few week saying, I desperately need a community group. And I'm like, just hold on, hold on, because we're kind of restructuring things, we're going to get things together, and we will have a place for you. Because Sundays just don't work. It's hard to get connected and to talk and live life together. Okay, so what can you do? How can you get involved? I got three things for you, and you see the three blanks on your outline there, so you don't mind filling these in for me. That would be great. First, lead a community group. Now, some of you, as soon as I say that, you're like, I'm never leading a community group. Okay, it's okay. You don't have to. Some people love to lead the groups. Others don't. What is expected of a community group leader? So this is important. Plan the content. Like, we'll help you and support you. But, like, for example, in a community group we went to a lot um, uh, for a long time, years, um, we would watch, a, like, a 10-minute video, and then we would just talk about it. I mean, simple. Um, if you, if you want, you know, some of you guys are Bible scholars because you've already told me, like, oh, we're going through the book of Revelation. I'm like, wow, well done. You must be a great teacher. And, and that's great. I love that. But if you want help with it, we can help. So I want you to plan the content. I want you to lead the group discussion. Because sometimes people get left out, right? And a good leader of a small group will go, oh, you kind of stepped on that person. They were trying to share something, and you kind of... And a good leader will help them keep sharing. You've been in a good group like that where the leader knows just how to let you finish what's on your heart. I love that. And then love the people. That's it. That's what's expected of a leader. So your next one. How do I get involved? Host. You can host a group. What's expected of a group, community group host? Open your home. We literally have people right now in this congregation who open their home to high school students and they don't even attend the group. So you can host a group and be a part of this loving people thing by just saying, well, yeah, the door's open, <laughs> right? Now, there are other hosts, um, another group that we were in, this lady was, you, you ever meet people who are just hospitable, right? We walked into her place and she had all this coffee and I think she had like some kind of cookies or something the first time we went there. By the end of the time we were there, I'd call it a year and a half later or so, we would have chicken dinner with spinach and strawberry salad and things I've never eaten before. She started going crazy. She loved it. She loved it. So you can host like that. I'm not saying that's the standard you need to feed all your people, but that's what she ended up doing. Finally, the third way to get involved is to just join a group. So you just write the word join. Join a community group. What is expected of someone who joins a community group? Show up. 
You don't need to talk. You don't need to share anything. Um, I, I just think that when you show up to a community group, someone's going to see you. Here you can come in and hide, but in a community group, if you're having a bad day, right? You could probably hide it in here, but it'd be pretty hard in a community group. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a bad day, right? That's all you need. But you need to be seen, right? Jesus commissioned his 12. Well, he commissioned the 500. Hey, all you guys, we need workers. Then he commissioned his 12. He said, you guys got to go. There's a huge need out there. This is my solution. I see people. I have compassion on them. And you, we are the solution. If you would for just a minute, um, you're going to grab out of the seat back in front of you that welcome card. So um, you can grab that out now. That sounds good. And that welcome card, um, we normally use that for, um, hey, welcome, give us your address. We can send you information, give you details. Today we're going to use that as a response card. And I'm going to be asking you to not commit to lead a group today or commit to host a group or commit to join a group. But can you just let me know where um, you might consider? Because we need to get an idea of how many people, you know, really want to join a group. And then that's going to determine, well, how many leaders do we have and how many hosts do we have? So I'm going to be asking you to consider that. There'll be some follow-up and what does that mean and support and kind of probably a meeting about that. Can you just grab that card out there, write your first name, last name, address, and, or not address, I can just have your phone number and email. Because email is probably how we'll contact you. And then the phone, if that email, we can't read it, or like if I wrote it, you'd never be able to read my email. Um, so does everybody, grab that card, hold it up so I can see that everybody has one. Grab the welcome card, hold it up. Everybody holding it up? Come on, grab it up. Now, if you're saying, Mike, community groups, I'm out. I don't want one. Just write none. So then that way I have an idea. I mean, I really want every single person to fill out this card. You don't even have to put your name on it if you're a nun. I just want to get an idea of, hey, where, where we're at. As you consider, as you're doing that, I'm going to just pray and I'm going to ask the Lord while we're doing this. God, you are the Lord of the harvest. You are the Lord that cares and wants to meet needs. And God, I beg you to send workers Father, thank you for this church and this time. We love you. Your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.